0: Is this part of the no, show? Do you think?
1: I don't know. Are we recording?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Well, you can you can leave whatever in you want. I don't really care. I mean, maybe take out the part about me feeling low. But oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't worry. We'll uh, we'll edit all that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The pineapple <laughs> and the wine thing. I don't know, but yeah, yeah. Is it really is it really loud when I chew the pineapple? By the way.
0: No, I don't hear you chewing the pineapple at all. Oh, awesome! Good. That means I can chew it while we're talking. Yeah
1: um this is delicious pineapple i got one of those gigantic ones (laughs) um anyhow well jeff it's good to talk to you
0: oh it's good to talk to you also keith
1: you know what i'm hoping by the way no uh i don't know if we're gonna be able to do this but i do have i i I have been creating theme song ideas so i'm hoping that maybe there will be something going and we're gonna try to get this out soon so maybe not maybe not this time but theme
0: song is in the works yeah, I'm really looking forward to hearing what you have been working on for ideas. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I have no excuses. I haven't made any headway on that front, so I'm curious to see what you've got, and I'm um, hopeful that we can uh, make something, make one of your ideas stick. So, oh, oh, it'll stick, Jeff. Come hell or high water, it'll stick. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. a- well, anyhow, uh, uh, Jeff and I, if you listened to the last podcast. We are uh, breaching a fairly uh, massive subject <laughs> mm. this 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 go around, and um, frankly, I'm actually not even sure how, uh, how how to enter this one.
0: Yeah, well, you emailed me and you really wanted to talk about computers in live music, right? Mm-hmm. I did. I do, and that's just massive. I started like scribbling down. All of the things that popped in in my head that we could talk about with that, and I think maybe the best way to approach it is to treat this episode and discussion like as just a a survey of the possibilities, and then for future episodes we can sort of drill down into the things that are most interesting. Um, I, I think this could pro- provide a ton of ideas for future episodes.
1: Yeah, this will probably provide us ideas for the rest of the run the duration of this podcast yeah, yeah. Well, so.
0: we didn't uh, tell anybody but this is the last episode right <laughs> it, it, oh yes it is yeah <laughs> <laughs> surprise what? no <laughs> just Have messing with you um come on
1: man you <laughs> can't do that to me not on the air damn yeah. it
0: <laughs> um so just before we jump into that, there were a couple things I wanted to I wanted to mention. I have a little list of stuff I've forgotten to talk about recently. Uh, one, hopefully the audio quality is a little bit better this episode. Um, not because Keith is invested in a microphone yet, <laughs> but because we learned what is probably obvious to everybody, and I just never stopped to think about it. Um The audio quality of a Skype call that is audio only is significantly better than the audio quality of a Skype video call. So, this is the first time, first episode we're doing where Keith and I can't see each other. Which is a bummer, but I I wish that when you said these
1: like major realizations, we were in like a radio studio, so I could press like a sample button of like, you know, some like. Horn fanfare for your for your discovery, a you know, bump a da like when you discover something. Oh, sorry, that was really.
0: You want a soundboard?
1: I don't know. I want a soundboard. That's what I want. <laughs> I think there's are software.
0: Maybe we can get you one. I'm not, I'm not buying an interface. I'm buying, oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, we'll we'll look into that. Make a note. Soundboard own, for keys. Soundboard. I'm making a note right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what,
1: that that is something that I need.
0: oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, though. So yeah, so that was number one. Um, number two, a couple episodes ago, we talked about iOS stuff and all the cool audio things you can do with iOS. Uh, just like a total oddball thing I meant to mention, um, I've been using this app called Quiz which is a play on software that I've seen for a long time, um, but basically it gives you samples of music, or you can pick music from your own music library, and it will generate random eq curves and you have to identify what they are so it's a really good like your trainer if you're interested in getting better with eq or anything
1: oh my god that's the nerdiest thing i've ever heard
0: i know man but like (laughs) i i try to sit down every friday like at the very end of the day and spend just a few minutes keeping that sharp and if you're no
1: no that's that's now the nerdiest thing i've ever
0: heard well <laughs> yeah, we, we haven't really talked about the specifics of my job, but um it is one of one skill that I, I view as very relevant to what I do for work. So um I think it's important for me to keep it sharp. But if you're interested in that, Quiz Tones, I think it's a couple bucks for iOS in the app store. Um and there's also a really good book uh one of my professors in school wrote. With some software for the desktop computer included in the book. And I can put a link to that in the notes for the show. I think that would be a good thing. Which professor was that? Uh, That's Jason Corey at the University of Michigan. Yeah, right. Figured. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Anyhow, though.
0: Yeah. So now that we've we've played catch up a
1: little bit, I'm staring at this massive mind map that Jeff sent me. It's quite daunting.
0: It's a... before we do that, I have one more thing I want to yell at you about. Oh, I'm sorry, I totally cut you off. Oh, well, you don't own your domain name. Oh no, I don't. And I do not own my domain name. I think you should. I this has been at the forefront of my mind the last couple of days because Google is shutting down Google Reader, and I am. A I don't know what that is. It doesn't matter. But I'm a huge proponent of the <laughs> service. But it just because it's being
1: shut down, anyhow.
0: Yeah, well, it's it's being shut down exactly. Um, And I have to move off of it to another service. But, you know, I've been a Gmail user for a long time. And I have a lot of email accounts. That's just one of them. But it's occurred to me again that, you know, I'm really relying on a company that I'm not paying anything for these services from. And they have every right to just turn them off whenever they want and leave me in the lurch. So um, for something and, and having a domain name doesn't do anything for you. The Google reader problem. Um, but having a domain name and having your email address associated with that gives you the power to always point it at a different back end. Mm-hmm. You know, um Jeff at Jeff com. I can point that at anything I want. And the fact that right now that's served on the back end by a Google Apps account. Um, that doesn't matter. you know I could point it at Fastmail or anything else if Google ever decided to shut that down, and it, it doesn't change anything outwardly. You know I don't have to email everybody and tell them about a new address. Um, so for like 10 to fifteen bucks a year, I think it's a totally worthwhile investment to just own the piece of information that people contact you at
1: it, when, when, when I get my website going, I just want it to be a big picture of my face. I don't want it to link to anything. I don't want it to be relevant whatsoever.
0: Yeah, well, the thing about owning the domain name is that you don't even have to put anything at the site. I mean, it probably makes sense to park oh, really? something I there. That's like, kind of a waste. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, you can go like to Tumblr and create a free Tumblr account and park that there and just put your name up there or a giant picture of your face and just, if that's what you want.
1: Just just, just so everybody knows, though, that uh, when you go to KeithReed.com, that is not me. I'm way more handsome than that guy
0: did you check it did, did you check it
1: I'm out on, i'm on it i'm on it right now yeah that is it is absolutely not
0: me i don't do <laughs> pr yeah um but uh you'll so, you'll know when you've reached my website but anyway <laughs> i i just wanted to publicly uh berate you for not yet purchasing your domain name and i can walk you through that after we finish recording this if you want
1: all right <laughs> fine <laughs> as, as long as you can also walk me through putting a giant picture of my face up
0: oh yeah you got it i mean that's uh that's step one giant picture of your face
1: exactly that's i what everybody learns when they, that's what everybody has to learn when they, find, when they first get their website yep. <laughs> how do you put a giant picture of your face up yeah um, are you done yelling at me jeff i am yeah all right good i'm glad now we can move on to some weighty subjects because honestly, this mind map is incre- incredibly, uh, incredibly daunting, and I'm not really quite sure uh, how to uh, how to navigate it quite yet.
0: Yeah, but it's uh, huh? it's pretty intense. I can't view it all on one screen, and oh. I apologize for overwhelming you with this. But I had to find some way to organize all of the thoughts I had when you suggested computers and live performance.
1: Well, let's. Uh, I suppose let's just
0: start out really quickly with
1: i suppose going over like what this doesn't include just so everybody is kind of aware that when we say computers and live performances we're not talking about stomp boxes or processors or effects pedals or even necessarily you know synths or stuff like that i mean I'm, there are ways that synths are computers too but we're not talking about like common like like mini microchip computers or like mini processors. We're not talking about, you know, ultra metal guitar pedals, you know, which I suppose that could be a whole different line of conversation that we can have at a different point in time. Clearly a little, little fascinating, but maybe, maybe not, but that's, but we're talking about actually people, the people who are using, you know, pretty high grade computer technology and computer programs within a live setting how how they're translating it from studio and from their own you know their their own their own places you know into it it, kind of an exciting you know and um you know engaging you know live performance you know and if it's successful if it's not successful talking about those people and also talking about the the types of programs that uh that they're using
0: right um and and there are other things we're not going to talk about like uh, people doing live manipulation of video stuff or projections with music—that Right. That can be a really right. interesting discussion. But that's sort of outside of the scope of what we want to do. And also, we had to narrow it somehow. Yeah, and since we talked about it a little bit uh, a couple weeks ago, we're not going to talk at all about um, iOS stuff as a you know as a single um, topic. Uh, I, I think there is some stuff I want to get into with using iOS as remote controls for computers, but that's the extent mm-hmm. of it. Um, so I don't know. I, I kind of broke this thing down into a few different branches here. Uh, and I say branches because I'm literally looking at the mind map I put together. But, um, you know, there's the software. There's like the software and the hardware that does you it, use to interact with computer. Does it look like... Computer.
1: Does it look like branches to you? Because it kind of looks like a weird sea
0: creature to me. I don't know. I mean I guess I always, I'm, I'm only I, looking at a small portion of it. So I I always think of them as tentacles. <laughs> I did not think of that, but uh I probably will now. Like a jellyfish with just really weird tentacles coming down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how I always do it. We should post
1: one of these mind maps so people could see it.
0: <laughs> yeah, we can uh I can put a picture of this one up on the uh with the episode when we post it. It's pretty ridiculous. Then you can tell me if it's tentacles or branches. Yes, absolutely. Anyhow, go ahead, Jeff. Um, Yeah, so I I mean, I guess just sort of quickly, I want to just go through some of the software people are using on their computers for this. The, The core of this, I think the meat of it is really in talking about how people are integrating, what sort of techniques people are using to integrate the computer into their performance, but Maybe as a prerequisite to that, um, I just want to run through some of the software and hardware that's out there that that people are using uh, in conjunction with their laptops. So, I I mean, there are, I think, three big pieces of software that people use in live performance. And Ableton Live, I think, is probably the dominant one. Ableton has... I love Ableton Live. Yeah. it's. It's really cool and it does something novel in that um, it allows you to set things up for a combination of linear like timeline based performance, but also nonlinear stuff, just like setting up a ton of things and letting you perform them in any order you want and mix and match things, you know, really good for DJs or people doing mashups, that kind of stuff.
1: I've always enjoyed Ableton as well because it, as much as I don't personally use it in a live setting, it's something that I can also use as well at home and that it's not actually, it's, it's pretty user-friendly as well. Sorry, that was a very random aside.
0: Yeah, well, I, I, one of the things that I really like about using it at home is that um, I find when I'm trying to compose ideas, sometimes having a timeline in front of me and like mm-hmm. having to think about constructing a song in time is, is difficult. So having the, um, the clip view in Ableton where you can just kind of create a bunch of things. And then once you have all these ideas, you can go back and try to see, you can try all the different ways of fitting them together so easily. Um, I, I really, I really like that. It's, you know, it's a lot easier than, Trying to shift things in the timeline so that this beat now lines up with this baseline and and whatever it it's a really cool tool for that and and that same functionality is awesome for uh, live performance which is why it's called Ableton Live I think
1: <laughs>
0: aha yes the code I know I know everybody was in suspense about that <laughs> um so uh, another one a lot of people use including my bass player. Uh, is logic from Apple. And mm-hmm. Logic I think is mostly fairly constrained to the sort of timeline view of things. Um but logic does offer a really cool extra piece of software called mainstage. Have you ever played with that, Keith? I haven't.
1: I actually haven't really played with Logic very much at all.
0: Yeah. It, mainstage is really cool. It basically what it is is it um it takes all the virtual instruments from live, which are mm-hmm. really good. Live comes with, I'm sorry, from Logic. Logic comes with some really, really good virtual instruments. Um, and it it gives them to you in like a full screen setup so that basically it's really easy to perform those virtual instruments live. And uh, Mary, my bass player, uses a MIDI controller Keyboard controller with Mainstage and uh, does a lot of synthesis stuff live in addition to the bass. So I think a lot of people what use do you mean it for by, that. What do you mean by synthesis stuff? Oh, I, I mean uh, literally like playing synthesizers from a MIDI keyboard. Um, but she's using on her laptop. Oh, okay, she's gotcha. running Mainstage <laughs> for that. Yeah. So I think the the third one, and I, I haven't touched this in like seven years now. Um, digital Performer is the other one that I hear people talk about in live performance. And I can't mm-hmm. I can't speak...
1: I've, I've never heard anybody.
0: <laughs> I can't speak... Intelligently. I've never
1: heard anybody talk about that yet.
0: Okay, yeah. I, I can't uh, speak intelligently about the pros or cons of using it in live performance. When I last used it, probably around 2005, I found its uh, user interface on the Mac. Very frustrating compared to other things like Ableton or Logic or Pro Tools. Um, And I didn't see it offering something beyond what those things did. It was very much constrained to a timeline view. But I don't know what they've added in the last uh, seven years that I'm sure it's a it's a much stronger contender now. But those are the three that I've really heard people use in live performance.
1: All right, I mean, I it's a I need to check out Digital Performer. And apparently, I need to check out Mainstay Trap too. I mean, Ableton. I mean, would you say that Ableton is the leader in this, or which one would you say is is is, is the predominant suspect?
0: Um, I I think you know for a lot of the acts that I see, people are doing things on a budget, so yeah, um. Not everybody is using Ableton, but I think a lot of people would like to be using Ableton. And I guess there's another tier of performance here. Um, I have some friends who do sound for uh, touring acts that use a lot of pre sequenced music. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they tend to use pro tools off stage, running offstage on computers for things. Uh, just because Pro Tools is is so solid, um, but in terms of like doing really interesting things with computers, Ableton is probably the tool I would recommend for anybody who wanted to get into this.
1: Awesome! Yeah. So that
0: <laughs>
1: now that we've covered, we've only covered three out of probably countless, by the way, softwares that people that people could use for this, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a ton of stuff out there, but I mean, those are the core ones. If, if you're new to this and if you want to get into it, I would say really take a look at Ableton. Or if you already have logic kicking around, take a look at Mainstage. Hmm. Yeah, but there's a lot out there. And don't think that just because we didn't mention something, it's not worth looking at. <laughs> that it's wrong. If we yeah. don't mention it here, it's absolutely wrong. Oh, man, I guess um, we didn't mention it there. But uh, Max MSP is also an awesome tool.
1: Uh, I don't know Max MSP either. See, I'm this half of the reason I wanted to talk about this was because I also wanted to learn a lot of things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and that's, it's a good conversation. Max MSP is like completely the opposite of something based on a timeline. Max is almost like a programming language user interface where you can make your own instruments, make your own effects, make your own whatever you can imagine and some people have done really cool things incorporating it into their music sets. For instance, Finesse is a really good example. He uses a, uh, a tool somebody built in max called, I don't even know how to say it. I think it's pool. It's <laughs> loop back. So somebody made a tool called loop spelled L L O O P P. Um, in max and then somebody took that and like made it way better and they spelled it backwards p-p-o-o-l-l so i think it's pool but that makes sense i'm sure like maybe people say it p- p- pool. i have no idea i've never actually <laughs> heard anybody say the name of the tool <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> i liked your attempt in trying to figure out how people would say it though
0: <laughs> yeah i've always every time i look at it and play around with it i'm like how do you pronounce the name of this i i've never seen a guide to it <laughs> So, <laughs> like the great GIF GIF debate.
1: I always thought it was GIF. I didn't even realize that there was a debate over it.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to express an opinion because I don't want to enrage the internet.
1: <laughs> I would like to see you enrage the internet. Anyway, sorry, we're getting we're getting off topic now.
0: Yeah. Um. What? So I guess what the next thing maybe just quickly to go through are like control surfaces. Yeah. Um. There's a lot a whole lot of ways to interact with your computer live. And if you see somebody just using the computer on stage, I think it's really easy to look at them and decide that they're just checking their email. <laughs> they might be. Yeah, I mean, they definitely could be. Um, but uh, there are a lot of non-keyboard and mouse ways to interact. Um, obviously, uh, like, well, there's... Mm, Oh man, so many ways to think about this. Uh, There's like two core technologies that people use usually to interact with their computers and that's like MIDI, obviously, or MIDI over USB. Um, So if you see somebody with like a a MIDI keyboard, right, and if it was made 10 years ago, it probably just has a MIDI output and then you have to go get like some sort of USB MIDI port for your computer or if it's you know more recent than that, then the keyboard itself probably has, in addition to the MIDI output, a USB port right on it so you can just plug it directly into your computer. Um, and that USB connection is carrying MIDI over USB. So those are like the, two, the two by far most common ways of connecting to things. MIDI is like the underpin for the whole the whole system right um but then you know so so there are dozens of different like types of controllers control surfaces people use there's like you've obviously seen uh keyboard controllers keith yes absolutely drum pads um both like in terms of um uh mpc drum machine type things and also like drummer, drum pad trigger type things. Right. Uh, there's touch screens. There's a ton of ways that you can connect like your iPad to your computer to control it. Um, but that's sort of a pain because you usually have to set up like a Wi-Fi network, you know, wherever your gig is and make sure that your computer and your iPad are both on the Wi-Fi. Um, right.
1: And you don't want to have to rely on Wi-Fi yeah. for, your, for your performance. Because trust me, I've played plenty of clubs that I don't, that, that still are using, I'm pretty sure like Prodigy. Yeah. Did you like me, did you like me taking it back that far, by
0: the way? I did, I did. Prodigy. <laughs> I was a Prodigy user. So was I. <laughs> um, yeah, wait, wait, I think, well, Prodigy, you just had like an eight digit number as your username. Is that right? I,
1: I think that that's what it was. I, I just remember that that was like the first, the first like glimpse of the internet we had in my household.
0: Same year. Oh man, those yeah. were the days though. They were, they um, were. but uh (laughs) so i I, maybe i should make clear if you are going to try and connect like an ipad to your computer for this do not use the wi-fi that a club has bring your own like airport express or router with you or something and just set up your own network password protected so that nobody else is on it (laughs) um even then like that's a pain to set up and maybe not completely reliable so right but if you do want to do that there's a bunch of software um like TouchOSC osc or uh, there's an app called c74 which you can connect to max msp uh, and cycling 74 the company that makes max also just released a new thing called mira which i haven't played with um i, I don't know much about it but i think it's another remote control for max using TouchOSC, which i just mentioned in passing um you can control things like Pro Tools or Ableton directly with a, a remote control surface on an iPad. But again, doing anything like that from an iPad <laughs> via Wi-Fi, it's a little bit sketchy.
1: Right. Right. I mean, again, this is talking about live performances, and you don't really want to leave your live performance up up in the air to a uh, to a wireless network.
0: Yeah. Um. So and then there's like a whole other category of just crazy um crazy types of things that you can use for controllers like have you ever seen uh audio cubes keith i have not so um we can put a link to those but they're like blocks and you i don't know if they use wi-fi or bluetooth or what but um basically like they have sensors on all their surfaces and they know what orientation they're in and you can configure them so that when they're in different orientations, they're doing different things and it, it's a, it's a really cool control surface. It, it's is, like it, a, is it kind of a gimmick? Um, I mean, it's definitely showy. It, it can add a cool element to your performance. It's right. Which I think is important. Yeah. It's maybe no more of a gimmick than like, using a Wiimote would be?
1: <laughs>
0: do people do that? Oh yeah. You've never seen Wiimote vans?
1: Oh my God. My a little piece of my soul just died. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can um you can take a Wiimote and pair it via Bluetooth with your laptop and then you can feed its input into things like Ableton or Max and you know do whatever you want with those controls. Um so I mean any almost anything that you can pair via Bluetooth you can get some sort of usable data out of and uh so so audio cubes are maybe on that level of gimmick all right similar but at the same time it adds
1: a great it adds a a great visual for your live show which i think is very important yeah when you when you are performing computer music live
0: exactly because
1: you don't want to be the guy who just sits behind his
0: keyboard looking like he's checking his email all the time right right um Maybe similar to the audio cubes, there's something called reactables, which are like a, a tabletop surface. And there are like shapes that you can move around on the surface and put in different places. And again, it creates reactions. And you can tie those different signals to pretty much whatever you want. Um, I've definitely seen videos of Bjork using reactables live. I've heard of reactables before yeah we can put a link in in the show to that
1: absolutely again very showy but something that adds a cool ripple to the live performance
0: yeah um i guess there are like in, that's just a, a sort of a brief survey of it but there there are like entire art projects people have done making unique sort of sensor networks to control music you can take something like an easy io board or an arduino board and connect it up to max msp to generate midi signals to control anything you want from anything you want um so there's some really really cool stuff out there in that field but just to be clear like the most straightforward thing to do is to just go get like a a $50 (laughs) midi keyboard controller to get started with this don't go out and get the audio cube at first (laughs) yeah i'm intimidated by the audio cube have have you ever seen um the tenori on no i have not i think it's a yamaha instrument um it's like a big matrix of buttons um that have leds behind them and like the it produces patterns of light that indicate to you musical stuff and you can interact with the patterns by touching the buttons. And it's a really cool thing. I think it produces MIDI and then you could use that MIDI for whatever you wanted, but it also has a synthesizer built into it. That's pretty cool. Um, But there are also now some just regular old MIDI controllers that do something similar. So you could uh, like the new Ableton push is, is kind of similar to that. Um, and you could configure Ableton to uh, interact with that and create your own sort of sounds instead of relying on pre-programmed stuff in the Tenorion. Um, My head is already spinning, by the way, from all this information, and I'm still perusing over the mind map. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I, uh, I didn't even think about? We, a while ago, we were talking about, for you, those, um, like the organ foot pedal, uh, Taurus, yeah. Well, the the Moog Taurus is a whole synthesizer based on organ foot pedals, right? And those are like a thousand bucks or more.
1: Yeah, so that's 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 like for a super collector. It's like or somebody who has way too much money on their hands, right? But yeah, but, I, but it's they're they look exactly like, like the pedals on a on a pipe organ, right? And they make they make some they just similarly very very low to- tones. And we were talking about the fact that they do sell MIDI controllers that are the same shape, the same design, and um, you could just plug that into your computer, and you know, and and it's it's like using a keyboard except for your feet. So if you're playing guitar, playing bass, doing whatever, you can actually, and you want to continue to play while using it, you can use those. That's actually still something I should do.
0: Yeah, I think that thing was like. Three three hundred and fifty bucks, and I bet if you went on eBay, you could find one for a little bit less than that, but yeah be I mean, awesome that just gives you the note information and you have to connect it to something, a hardware synthesizer or a computer to actually like generate the sound um, but yeah, so it, there's like a, a thousand different permutations on control surfaces, and uh, yeah. you see people pre- performing with all of those. Um, but uh, maybe the meat of all this, as we were saying, is uh, performance techniques based on this stuff. Like, how, how, right. do, how do people use the hardware and the software? What are they What are they doing with it once they have all that stuff in place?
1: Right, because I mean, on, honestly, we could go on and on and on. Like you said, there's a thousand different you know variations on you know the control surfaces. I'm sure there's many different you know softwares. That we haven't covered but you know truthfully it's like what's fascinating to me is you know as somebody who is you know very you know just very tied to a physical instrument that's you know you know very analog basic you know acoustic instrument you know it has you know i i've gone through like my you know love hate relationship with people using computers live that at first i really did think it was just you know bullshit that you know that's not that's not real music that's not a instrument that guy's just checking his email yeah. you know and I, I i think that i've really grown to ha- have a yeah, still very v- a vague understanding but I, i've grown to have this a, a deeper appreciation for the fact that it actually it's 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 a whole different level you know of of of, of talent and it, it, it's an instrument in and of itself you know it, it, it's like 20 million instruments in and of itself and it's just trying to figure out how to you know how to make it work for you and you know it, it is fascinating seeing what people are actually doing live with it yeah you know besides just pressing play and like having a track play because that's not like the really talented people are that's not what they're doing they're not just standing behind a computer with a pre-recorded track pressing play
0: right although i mean maybe that's a good like point to start the conversation about this because like at at its simplest that's a really like straightforward way to get into this you know use if If you are one person with a computer on stage, you can use the timeline in any of these pieces of software to construct the song. Um, you can sync things up with that timeline there's You can use tools like Ableton to have a bunch of elements in place, like beats and and melodies and hooks and uh, and samples and things um, and fire them off dynamically so you're not just hitting play on like a, a whole song and standing next to a computer but you're you know you're starting a beat and then you're starting a line and you're manipulating this stuff in real time but it's just you and the computer and everything is synced together and it's it's easy um and I I should clarify like I it's not easy to do that and put on a good performance but technically that's a a straightforward thing to do if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And Ableton is like, Ableton is the tool you want to use for that. I think if that's the direction you want to go. Right. Right. Um, there, I think I sent you a link to a fort, like an interview with Fortet uh, a week or two ago, Keith. I don't know if you had a chance to check that out. I think you might've. And
1: I I think it was like, like a month ago, maybe. <laughs> yeah, and I think I might have I might have watched it at the at the time, but I I, ha- I can't really recall it.
0: Yeah, so um, I mean, off the top of my head, he's one guy with a computer on stage, but he does a couple things to make it a lot more interesting to watch and to listen to. I mean, he's got a computer running Ableton, and we'll put a link to this on the website. But he has a computer running Ableton, and then he has some effects pedals connected to that that he'll use in real time. So he can take the output from that computer and trash it through some effects pedals and mix that back into the original signal from the computer. And then he's got like a, another computer running an old version of fruity loops that just produces some like glitchy weird artifact that he really likes. So he's, he's taking like a really simple idea, which is having a bunch of samples configured in Ableton and, and, Playing them back to create a, an interesting performance, but he's also doing more than that. And some of the things he's doing with the external effects really make it like a completely unique performance every time you see him. You could see every show, and and maybe the format is the same, just like seeing you know a rock band. It's it's the same set every night, maybe, but every performance is is unique the way he has it set up, and and that's pretty cool. I, I would check out that video.
1: I mean, I think that it's it is really important the fact that you know again, like we were talking, you know, you know, with people who are you know pursuing you know using you know computers on stage live, it's like you do need to make it more than just you standing there. It's like you know, rock bands have the luxury of being able to move around. A lot of times, people don't have that luxury when they're using computers on stage.
0: Yeah, it's definitely tough and uh you know using some of these other control services can make it interesting or you can put on like a giant mouse hat like Dead or mouse. Or, ro- or robot suits robot suits yeah man like daft punk like daft punk exactly <laughs> um so i mean i guess that's like a high level like if you're one person on stage with the computer technically that's not a difficult problem to solve right right um where things get really tricky in my mind is when you're trying to integrate a computer with with people performing live instrumentation you know like um in the band i play with i play the drums we've got drums bass guitar synthesizer stuff um and then i have a laptop on stage and i'm running all sorts of stuff from there and it's a challenge to do that properly um the the biggest challenge i think is staying in sync uh Mm -hmm. you've like using click tracks and stuff like that yeah i mean that's that's one solution to it um but basically like if you've got people playing instruments the computer is expecting some sort of timeline you know it needs to know when to start things or what tempo you're playing so that if you fire off a loop the you know the loop is in time with the rest of the music and not too fast or too slow um and so, you, yeah, you can use like click tracks, but that means that at, at least a few members of the band probably need to have some sort of headphone monitoring because you right. cannot put a click track through like floor monitors. <laughs> um,
1: uh, maybe it add a new effect to the show that, you know, <laughs> maybe people would love
0: it. Yeah, I doubt it, but um, they would
1: know exactly what beat to dance to.
0: Yeah, 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 maybe that would help. <laughs> Hopefully the drummer is helping them with that indirectly though Well, you know (laughs) can't Um,
1: rely on drummers (laughs) (laughs) Uh um
0: so yeah i mean you've got to have some sort of headphone monitoring and in the in the group i play with i have um in ears in my ears so i can hear a click track there and um i also feed that to my bass player so she has that and between the two of us you know we can keep our guitar player in line um so you have got to deal with that. Jeff's band is also very tech savvy. Mm, we try. We've had uh, okay. more technical failures than successes recently, but. Um, oh really? But uh, our show last week went off without a hitch. So okay, knocking on knocking on wood that we can repeat mm-hmm. that. Um. So, so the downside <laughs> sure of playing. What was that? I said, I'm sure you'll be able to. <laughs> we will see. The The downside of playing with a click track is that things can get really mechanical. Um, it's sort of a challenge. Um, and it takes practice just to get used to playing to a click track. Um, I think it took us a couple months to really lock in and be able to run through the set without any problems with that. Maybe the scariest I mean, part, part of it, though. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: I know. I was gonna say it's like you know, sounding mechanical. It's like I, I don't know. I, I I feel like I hear that a lot when people say that you know they're playing to a click track and it's it makes it sound mechanical. I actually don't really believe that that's true. I again, it's like and uh, <laughs> I think it's up to the drummer whether it's, it sounds mechanical or not. It's like you know, a click track just shows you where the beat is. It doesn't show you where the feel is. I don't think it, I, I don't think it'll sound mechanical at all. It's like it's, it's up to you to put the feel there. You know, I, it's just showing you, huh?
0: It, totally agree with what you're saying but i am not the world's strongest drummer and i am (laughs) constantly terrified that what is coming through when i play to a click track is just the click track that i am not playing strong enough to put that feel back in the music
1: you just gotta play out hit the drums harder come on
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but it's always it's always the it's always the cure hit the drums harder oh man i'm hitting them pretty hard But uh, I'll I'll keep trying, Keith. All right, for me. Um, So the scariest part of playing to a click track is what to do. Like, how do you handle a situation where somebody screws up and loses track of where you are relative to the click track, or you know, if you if you just lose the click track for a moment due to a, a bad monitoring situation, or you know, worse yet, and I have experienced this computer problems that actually screw, <laughs> screw up the click um and that's that's like a it's a really tough thing to deal with uh do you remember that ashley simpson thing on snl like years ago
1: yeah i mean i don't th- that was hysterical yeah. but it's like she just started singing the wrong song right or right was that, was that how it happened like
0: i don't even i it was somebody did something wrong like she was, the recording was singing, but she wasn't, I, I guess, I mean, the the reason I would mention her is just because like, you've got to have a plan in place for handling that. And she just ran off the <laughs> stage and that was, I think the end of her career.
1: No, 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 no. She tried to play. I, I remember this cause she re- did a jig off stage <laughs> and, uh, Then, you know, made up some really feeble excuse that wasn't even really an excuse. It was just, you know, she was just, you know, trying to cover her ass. And then um, she played the halftime show at the Orange Bowl maybe like a month or two later. And to prove it, and she made sure that she proved the point that she was singing live. And she proved the point so much because she sounded awful. Right. Right. Like it was just terrible. Like she was off pitch, just didn't sound good. She should have just kept to the uh, clip of track, or to the pre-recorded track, rather.
0: Right, but I mean, the whole thing with that pre-recorded track is that thing's really got to be mapped onto some sort of timeline, and I don't know. You you've got to have a plan in place. Like when things go wrong, what's the plan? Like just shut it off and finish the song without it. If if whatever the computer is doing is really integral to the music, then maybe that's not an option. Um, I know I I have a few triggers that I can hit with my drumsticks when I'm playing that will just like I can jump to the head of any song if I need to really mm-hmm. quickly and I can also just abort the whole thing and and like pull the computer out from under us um, it's your we, eject button yeah I have I have an eject button if I really need it um, and now what's scary about that is one time I accidentally hit that button um, <laughs> so now I've, I've learned the lesson of hiding that away on like a a hidden page in the control surface, so I actually have to like push a button and then hit something with a drumstick. Um, maybe you sh- maybe you
1: should make your uh, maybe you should make it a really funny like, obvious eject button, just a large red like almost like gong like pad that you can hit if you really need to eject.
0: Oh man, I mean, I know, <laughs> I know which button it is. It was not an intentional <laughs> hit. I was trying to hit the one next to it.
1: <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying it would be hysterical if that's what you made.
0: Yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, I, I, my point is, you just got to have a plan for dealing with that, right? Um, and if you don't want to play with a click track, then I, you can do. I don't know if there are any good automated tools for like you put a microphone on stage and it's something that can auto detect from bass drum hits or something. You know what the tempo is and where you are. I have not seen anything really good for that. So if anybody listening (laughs) to this knows of a tool, let let me know. I'd love that. Um, Fair. Yeah, that's a a tough one. But the other thing you can do, like you can manually tap on all these programs like Ableton. You can just if you want to fire off a single sample, you can tap in that sample. Um, so you can feel whatever the groove is everybody's playing to on stage, and and fire off that sample exactly in time. Um, that can work really well for like one-off samples or short things. But if you you know if you have like a something that you want running for the long passages of a song, that is a much more difficult solution because once you fire it off, then the band still has to stay in time with that sample. Right. So if it's like two notes, that's you know maybe not a big deal. But if it's like a synth pad where there is also like no clear articulation of notes, that's mm-hmm. really really difficult to do. So staying in sync is like the is the real big challenge of trying to use a computer live. Right. But I mean,
1: I, I think that even though that is that is a big challenge, I do feel like that there are, I mean, there are ways. There are definitely ways of doing that successfully.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I, I'd say most of the time sure. I manage to do it successfully with the people I play with. And there are a lot oh, of doing it I'm successfully. Sure. But um, it's if this is something you're thinking about trying to do, definitely consider, you know, how are you going to how are you going to do this? How are you going to stay in time with a computer or do you need to? <laughs> or do
1: you have such good time
0: yeah, right. that you are <laughs> maybe that's <laughs> the human. that's the real answer is just (laughs) developing better time.
1: (laughs) Um, Computers can can only help you so far.
0: Yeah, right? Yeah. But I guess the last, looking back at this massive mind map, the last thread here is, so now you've got a computer, you've got it in time with your band, you have software set up, you have a control surface. But what are you going to do with it? (laughs) <laughs> um, this is yeah i think
1: that that's that, that's that's that, that's that's the most uh that's the most heady topic
0: is it, this is probably the thing you really wanted to talk about right yeah exactly
1: <laughs> i'm sorry I, if, if if anybody if anybody listening has has think has thought that maybe i'm just trying to make snide comments at jeff this entire time i've just been waiting to get to this uh to this part of the uh the conversation <laughs>
0: Right. I'm
1: joking. Of course, I, <laughs> oh, I always make snide comments at Jeff. <laughs> so, um,
0: yeah, so I, there, there's like a, a bunch of different things you can do with a computer on stage. Um, we were talking about uh, the way my bass player uses her keyboard controller with main stage or right. the way that. I the, mean, I, yeah.
1: No, no, I was just going to say, I, I think that, you know, it. When when you see somebody like your bass player, you know, using it, it it really does, you know, show you how it can re- it can really elevate the depth of the music, like the depth of what you're what you're able to accomplish on stage. Instead of having, it's like you know, and I love, I would love to be able to carry you know, twenty different you know, synthesizers with me or you know, keyboards with me all the time, but it's like just surely the fact that you can really, I mean, you can have one person. You know, create all of that sound. You know, it's like and, and really just it's. I, I think it's such a boon for the, you know, for for the live performer to to have these things. Sorry, go ahead. I'm I'm just yeah. I'm, I'm jealous about it.
0: Well, I was also going to say. I mean, this is like the same thing you could do really easily if you went out and bought the uh, like organ pedal MIDI controller. You know, hook it up to main stage and just use it directly to drive some synthesizer in your computer, right? And feed the output off to the sound guy and let him pipe it in like another instrument. Right. Um, there I mean mm-hmm. there's there's a caveat to this. I think when you're using a computer on stage, you're introducing some elements of uncertainty. Um something like Windows or Mac OS X, <laughs> there's usually a lot more going on in the computer than just running your synth software. Um so But there's a, but but when you're playing a guitar,
1: there's also elements Unknown elements. I mean, you could break a string.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. But tubes could fry on your amp. <laughs> if the only, I guess, what I want to make the point I want to make is, if you're only using a computer for this, maybe consider looking at dedicated hardware, like dedicated synthesizer hardware, um, just because you don't have to worry about your computer like running a backup process or like suddenly trying to sync Dropbox and <laughs> and just like. <laughs> Freaking out your audio because it doesn't have enough processing overhead. Like if you right. have a dedicated hardware synth, you don't have to worry about that. But on right. the flip side, you know you're going to spend maybe a thousand dollars or more on like a good hardware synth, and you probably already have a laptop sitting around. So the um, things to consider. But uh, I, I did want to mention the hardware or the software problems you can run into on a
1: computer. I mean, I mean. So you get, I, th- I think that that's just a, a matter of you know making sure that you're you know it's like you say like with Dropbox when like, i shutting that, shutting everything down like I said it's like there's I mean I've had my preamp blow out in my base during the middle of a live show yeah I mean it's like there's big, there's always always going to be you know what is the word I'm looking for variables that's the word
0: yeah <laughs> but you want to minimize the risk right so there I Fair. um I have a, a sticky that I open up before we play a show. And it's just like my idiot checklist of like, "Oh, did you shut off Dropbox syncing, did you shut off crash plan, did you shut off time machine um you know like well, giving
1: you also have what of about five to ten thousand different apps that run on your computer at any given point in
0: time? <laughs> I do have a lot of stuff that sits in my menu bar, but it all serves a purpose. <laughs>
1: I'm sure it does.
0: Oh yeah, like and I want to make sure I turn on caffeine so that the computer doesn't right. sleep on me in the middle of a set. That's an important one. Right, that is a very important one. Um, but okay, so uh, you you can use the computer as just like a simple synthesizer. Um, you can another idea. You can use a computer for like backing tracks if you have things like synthesizer pads or extra parts recorded that you want to be able to play along to, um, you can do that.
1: Which, again, I mean, it's a... I think that, you know, sometimes it's... You know, again, when when I was... Younger, maybe I I would think that that's such a cheap way out and that you should just figure out a way to play it. If you have backing tracks, it's like, you know, why wouldn't you just find musicians to play But man, it's like sometimes you just can't. Sometimes it's like you can't have a 10 piece band. And if you want, if you have a choir that's supposed to be singing in back of you at the end of one song, it's like I think that it's, you know, you can cue that up with, you know, what, like drum pads if you want. You can cue it up with anything. I could cue it up with those organ pedals if I wanted to. Totally.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, I mean, I, I know, I know the feeling you're talking about of sort of like, um, it, not like a genuine performance aspect when you have that, that type of thing in place.
1: Yeah. I, I, th- I think that that, that kind of, that, that irked me for a while, but then it's like, it still isn't, I mean, genuine is a strong word, but it's like, I still don't think it's as like real as if you were to go out and like, we're just talking about having a choir People, it's not as real as going out and getting you know, ten people to come and sing them back to you. Think nothing's going to sound that good. But at the same time, if you play into the fact that that's what you're doing, right. or if you just don't, it's like if you don't if, if you don't make it an issue, you just go with it and understand. It's like you just have to make sure that it's part of of what you're doing. So like you make sure you have something that sounds good. Yeah. You know, or if it's going to sound cheesy and like crap, it's like then then accept it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know, t- totally. Um, I think one of the things that so this is one application that I do with my band. You know, uh, my bass player is using uh, MIDI controller with laptop for live synthesis stuff. One of the things that I do from behind the drum set is we do have some tracks that we run underneath things, but um, in my head, sort of constraining that to elements that are not. The primary focus, um, you know, using like pads or or just like minor background elements there doesn't feel as, uh, doesn't lack that uh, genuine quality to me because I would feel different if the guitar solo like was piped in and he, there was nobody playing the guitar solo, you know? Right. Um, right, But But if there's just like an underpad that helps thicken out the sound that uh, right, maybe you don't even realize is happening because it, it's just like so subconscious.
1: Right. I think I think that that's the most appropriate way to use it, yeah. uh, you know, for for sure. It's like, like you said, just like something that's just the underpinning of a song. Right. You know, it's like, or even if like in the case of like, you mentioned a guitar solo, it's like if you are playing in a, in a band with one guitar player and you need like chords and you don't want to just leave everything bare, Mm -hmm. you know it's like you have bass player guitar player drummer it's like you want some like sort of chord padding underneath it while the guitar player is taking a solo yeah Yeah, that's not a bad that's not a bad thing to do either it's like again it's like just don't it's with stuff like that it's like you know figuring out a way that it's not drawn attention to
0: right so i i I think the the most interesting application though and i think that guitar thing is a is a really good application of this is like live sampling and manipulation of things
1: right i think yeah, That's really what I'm fascinated about. I, mean, I have no
0: idea how to do it. Right, but well, I think it's
1: really interesting
0: i mean there's there's like, I'm sure a thousand ways to do it, but like let's say you have exactly that situation where you like your guitar player is playing some chord progression through the verse, and then he needs to drop in over that with a guitar solo, and you want to like capture what he's doing through the verse. So that you can loop that under the solo but maybe also do some sort of like manipulation of it um, you know some some filtering some processing on it or something mm-hmm. you you can absolutely do this but the the trick becomes you've got to get a good high quality audio feed of anything you want to capture this way into your computer so that may mean like putting a mic in front of his amp in addition to the PA's mic or like a DI box or, or something, some way to capture his signal, get it into the computer. And it's really easy using a tool like live to record a sample on the fly. Again, you, you probably need to be playing to a click or something, you know, it. you want your samples to be well integrated with the time you're playing in so that when you loop them, you don't have to try and do anything crazy to make it work. Right. But it, it's really easy to grab live samples of things and uh and then process them and, and do things in the background. Um you, you had also mentioned the example of like, oh, if you want like a chorus behind you in the last chorus of <laughs> yeah <laughs> if you want a choir behind you in the in the last chorus of a song, right. um you could do something crazy like uh you could maybe have some pre recorded voices but then you could grab maybe your vocalist's microphone goes into your computer before going out to the PA, right? So you can grab a live feed of the vocal and maybe you can run a harmonizer on it and mix that with whatever pre-recorded stuff you already have and make like a massive, a massive choir sound that is partially like a live manipulation. There's, a ton of ways you can do this. And I think once you get the sound into a tool like Ableton Live, you can really do some crazy things.
1: And, you know, I mean, I think that that's where the real artistry comes in. Yeah. I mean, it's like, that that's like, when you do stuff like that, that's mm-hmm. a really cool, like, level of artistry. It's a, you know, the, the fact that you're, you're now really playing the computer, if you.
0: I agree. You yeah. I think that's when the computer comes into its own as an instrument. And right, I also think that that's the kind of thing that begins to require somebody dedicated to that instrument performing it right um, it's much it's certainly possible, but it is difficult to do those things um, like for me, with a few drum pads in front of me you know when I'm at my drum set, I could absolutely you know configure a drum pad to turn on some sort of preset processing for uh, like a vocal patch or something. And and I could maybe even like wire up a, a MIDI foot pedal to the whole system so that like I hit the pad to to like turn on the VST effect in Ableton Live. And then I have this foot pedal tied to like a, a flange or a chorus effect on it or something to make it bigger. And I can, you know, in real time manipulate it. But... It becomes very difficult to just assume all of those responsibilities when you're playing another instrument. Right. Absolutely. Um, and there are a lot of examples of people doing this, but the two the two that really jump into my mind are I, I love Finesse's work, and uh, he he just does an awesome job with this. He'll like play just it's like him and a guitar and a laptop on stage. And he'll be playing the guitar and sampling it and manipulating those samples to create these beautiful textures. Um, if you've never heard Finesse, it's totally worth checking out an album like Endless Summer. I will
1: check that out. I've never checked out Finesse.
0: Yeah. Um, and and Bjork does this stuff too. If you if you check out like live footage of Bjork, there's oftentimes somebody grabbing samples yes, she and manipulating does. things. Yeah. Um, Oh, man, I saw uh, Radiohead last summer. and um, Did you? I did. What's the opening track on Kid A? Why can't I remember that? It's not, everyth- it's not everything in its right place, is it? I'm thinking of everything in its right place, whether or not it's the opening track on Kid A. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm- that was awesome because I did not realize it. Obviously, I knew there was a ton of processing going on. but When, yeah. they, when they performed everything in its right place, it was Tommy Ork on a Wurlitzer, I think it was a Wurlitzer, and doing vocals. And all of the um like delays and, and looping of the vocals in that song, Johnny Greenwood was doing that live from a pedal board. Really? Yeah. So that was like it was Tom York on the keys and singing and, and John Johnny Greenwood didn't even have a guitar on him. He was just just performing the the vocal effects. And that's I, so I, cool! It was really cool to see, and I'm pretty sure he was using you know dedicated hardware for all of it. But there's you know you right. don't need to go spend a couple thousand dollars to buy a bunch of looping stations and things. You can do that all in a computer if you have one. You know, um, you can set up some crazy elaborate processing chains in Ableton and, and just see what you can come up with. Um, so yeah, so that, and that was really cool. That is cool. I I, I would love to see that. Yeah. There were, um, one other thing I was just thinking of. Uh, have you ever seen people control like dedicated hardware from a computer? No, I haven't. Um, you, I think I was reading something about, um, St. Vincent, Mm -hmm. where her keyboard player is actually like, I think he was using Ableton, he has like some tracks in Ableton dedicated to just sending midi signals to her pedal board so that um all of her pedals switch at the right points in the song so that it's just one last thing that she has to think about huh um yeah she she there was like an interview where she said she felt like she was spending the entire show just trying to make sure the right pedals were on and she wasn't right. connecting with the audience or the music so they they spent like a weekend setting that all up and. uh And so you can do MIDI. MIDI is just like the the underlying thing with all of this. You can MIDI into the computer, MIDI out of the computer. Almost all of the cool toys that have been invented for musical performance in the last two decades will accept or generate MIDI signals of some sort. Um, So you you can figure out how to, how to manipulate those things. Uh, I mean, is that everything?
1: I think that I mean again. We 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 we. I mean, when you say we hustled through it, it's like we're over an hour
0: right now. I know this is a a home run of an episode, man.
1: I know. Well, last last week we only did like what fifteen minutes or something like that. Yeah, this is the
0: value pack. We're making up for this is a value
1: pack.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's two episodes for the price of one.
1: Exactly, and now we won't do another one for another three months. Yeah, Ah, that's not true. We're going to do one first. (laughs) Um, again. Whenever we want. <laughs> we're not one, making promises.
0: Yeah. One more thing, man. I've I just got too much to say on this topic. Um, no,
1: no. Keep on going. I, I'm sure, I'm sure that we're going to touch on it in the next episode as well.
0: Yeah. So um, in the set I do with, with my band, one of the things that we do in Ableton is um, we have some pre-recorded bass lines queued up in Ableton, uh, which were recorded – just D I directly out of a uh, bass player's bass, um, And she has right at the top of her pedal board. The first thing is an ABY pedal. So I have an output from my computer feeding into the B input on that thing. And her bass goes into the A. And so if she, um, if there's a part of a song where she needs her hands free so she can do something with the keyboard or for some other reason, she can just stomp the AB switch and cut from live bass over to a sample I already have of the bass part, and hmm. it's like a dead ringer in terms of sound quality because both sources are are the equivalent of just coming directly out of the bass. And she can, you know, she's she's got all her her effects on her pedal board. She can process the pre-recorded samples just the same way as she can process her live bass um so that 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 was the one thing i just wanted to mention there before before we close this up
1: well that's very cool too i mean i think
0: that inevitably i'm gonna listen back to this episode and like
1: make my own mind meld chart (laughs) and (laughs) have a million other things to talk about as well but i mean i think that we covered a lot of stuff in this i mean i think we covered a lot of really good stuff
0: yeah. And, and I think as we said at the top, you know, it is opens a lot of doors to other discussions. Right. I think
1: that, I think that almost we've been waiting this entire podcast to kind of open up this, Yeah. this, this debate or not debate the subject. It's not even a debate. It's just a subject.
0: Yeah, I know. I, I think there's, there's a lot of places where we can explore this in depth and, and look at how to do specific things. Um, absolutely. So yeah, I think we, we covered a lot and, uh,
1: that's and probably... look, look how much we cover when we're not
0: drinking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I hope, uh, I hope it wasn't boring. I wonder if drinking makes us talk faster, it makes it go faster.
1: I think it makes it a little more interesting. I'll give it that because I think we make many, m- m- a lot more mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, this one needed to be a sober one. High five, Jeff.
0: Yep. And my voice stayed with me. So high five to you. And uh, hopefully I don't suffer and, and develop a cold tomorrow. So I'm going to go take another thing at airborne before I, I call it a night. Do it, Jeff. Um, so if you have any feedback on this or questions or comments, you can find us on Twitter at Analog Bias or you can find me at Jeff Foton. Me at Keith Reed. Yep. And you can also <laughs> email us at feedback at analogbias.com and all of the links we talked about and all the cool stuff we were referring to you can find all of that stuff on analogbias.com as well. Awesome. Well, for Analog Bias, I'm Keith Reed. I'm Jeff Vaughton and uh, we'll talk to you in two more weeks. All right, thanks for listening.